Hey everybody, welcome back to another daily episode podcast right here for you guys on your favorite podcast sources. What's going on? My name is Tito and welcome back to another episode. Again, I keep saying welcome back because it's exciting to be doing these every day and I am pushing myself to do them every day for you guys. So anyways, um, let me know how the audio is doing because I am using one of my Pixel Buds to record this audio and um okay so let's just kind of get right into it and um let's go with uh android notifications as i did drop a little piece video today talking about android notifications and why i think that it needs it, it needs something added to it now don't get me wrong android notifications obviously do pretty good i mean i, I have no beef against the notification system itself um being that, you know, you get your notifications, right? So you get your little drop-down notification window, and you can see all your notifications there. You get your notifications on your lock screen. If you have always on display, you get your notifications there too as well. Um, however, there is one aspect of Android notifications, and I've been talking about this for a long time, and it needs to be fixed. This is something that definitely needs to be fixed, and that is cross-device notifications. And um, so in the past, before I've talked about it, how annoying it is that you get a notification, say like a Facebook notification on your main daily driver device. And then later on in that day, you boot on your tablet and boom, the same notification pops up, even though you've already checked it. Um, now I kind of want to just dive a little bit deeper. Well, not too deep, but just kind of just, um, revamp that whole thing and just really kind of clarify it. So, because there's people who are like, hey, you know what? I rely on that type of thing because if I get a notification on Facebook, I check it and then I want to go back to it. And, you know, sometimes with Facebook feed, it's really hard to, uh, it's not really in chronological order as when the uh, post was posted. So, um, people kind of rely on when they go into another Android device that's logged into their Google account um, that these notifications will pop right back up. And that's cool, but I think they should have it where it is toggled for it to um, to actually, you know, do that or not to do that, where then cross-device notifications, if it's checked on one device, it's pretty much checked. No other device that you have signed into your Google account is going to present the same notification when booted on. I thoroughly believe there should be some sort of notification toggle to do that and not... Um, you know, not have it as to where that, you know, it's going to do this. Because it's pretty annoying when you're getting a mix of new notifications and old notifications on a freshly booted up device just because uh, Android is not smart enough to know that you've already checked it. I mean, with Android 11, they are bringing out the ability for you to check past notifications. Since notifications are backlogged, they're going to make it to where the user themselves should be able to pull up a past notification that had came up uh, before. Now, if they can do that, obviously, they can pretty much like um, filter that out and just have it set to where, you know, don't mind that clicking. I am doing this podcast in the car. So I apologize for all that clicking, guys and gals. Um, but anyways, yeah, so for the notifications itself, there should be a way to toggle that off to where it's not going to like, you know, pop up on cross devices when you kind of turn that off. So there should be a toggle, in my opinion. There should be a toggle there for those people. And um, 
can choose to have it on and off. That would be actually pretty cool. I really think that that's something that should be implemented in. I've been wanting it. I've been asking for it ever since Android Oreo, and it still has not come yet. So I made a video, kind of a PSA video this morning on YouTube. Um, but, you know, I just really just want to get the word out about this. And, and you know what? Maybe one day Google will hear it and maybe one day Google will implement it. And that would be totally cool as I just activated assistant, I believe, because I just heard a clink in my ear. So anyways, um, <laughs> I did activate assistant with the with the earbud. So but anyways, um, so let's let's kind of go on to the Pixel 4a. Um, we are really, really just anticipating this release, but I think one of the things that is quite aggravating about, um, these, uh, uh, you know, the, the lead up to a new smartphone release is that nothing is really a surprise anymore. I mean, we're already starting to see pre-orders for Pixel 4a cases. Um, so we pretty much know what the design is going to look like. I mean, we've had leaked information about the design itself, um, we see all kinds of things happening. Obviously, you know, some, uh, you know, of the G company's uh, execs are currently beta testers for this device and are currently using it. Um, all kinds of things. And nothing's really a secret anymore. And I think that's why that, you know, a lot of smartphones have lost their wow factor when they're released. Uh, when you have a lot of information being put out about a particular device and then they finally unveil it, the only type of excitement you're going to get is that if specific rumors about that device turns out to be true and that, in fact, a specific feature that was rumored to be coming to that specific device is true, then everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's cool, that's cool, you know, but it doesn't really get that exciting pop anymore. And that really, really damages uh, any smartphone, not just a Pixel 4a or just a Pixel lineup, but just any manufacturer out there who would be trying to release a device. It's like we've become accustomed to getting leaks about smartphones that we don't ever just sit patiently and then get surprised to see what is new about a particular iteration of a, you know, OEM's design and, and device lineup. We don't ever really do that anymore. I mean, I could clearly have vivid thoughts of like the early days of smartphones. So like in 2008, 2009, 2010, 11 and 12 and 13, um, being surprised when a specific you know, smartphone was released, whether it was flagship or budget, just seeing if it was released. And then now with all these leaks, it's just like, oh, well, we know what to expect. And so when it comes down to that, I just really think we need to go back to the way it was before. Uh, because with all these leaks, it really, really is a total buzzkill. Um, I'd really have to say that. And then finally, uh, last part, last uh, part of the subject here, the uh, main emphasis of this podcast we're going to be talking about, you know, is Google really shooting themselves in the foot? Uh, with their Pixel devices. But before we even lead into that, let's get a real quick word of the sponsor. All right, we're back from that quick, brief little message. And again, you know, outside of things, Anchor is like the best source to just easily start your own podcast. But anyways, guys, um, so do you guys really think the G-Tech company basically shoots themselves to the foot with the Pixel devices? 
And I've talked about this before in a past YouTube video where I said that we really got to stop emphasizing the Pixel device and saying that the Pixel should be, you know, the iPhone of Androids because that's just a little bull. You know, when I really started to kind of think about these things and think about smartphones in general and just how they are. And to me, the Pixels need their own identity, just like I believe firmly that every flagship lineup needs its own identity. And stop trying to be what the other phone companies, uh, well, the other smartphone lineups are. You know, iPhone is great for Apple because they build the iPhone. They build the hardware and software. And, uh, and it works out great for them. And, they, and, and there's only one device that runs iOS, clearly. Since Apple is uh, very closed up, they don't allow third-party development unless it meets their criteria. They have laxed a little bit on development for iOS when it comes to applications. And so third parties can actually develop for Apple, but they really have to follow Apple's guidelines. Like if, if you don't follow it to a T, then your app will not make it into their app store to be published for iOS. But anyways, Apple is pretty much down pack lockdown, right? Google with Android is not. Um, Android all on its own is open source. So any OEM can take the source, which is Android itself, and put their own spin on top of it and make their own thing out of it. And so with that being said, um, you know, this is just weird how various publications are like, well, you know what, you know, the big G company is is bringing down the pixels. You know, the pixels aren't doing so well. And, you know, to some degree, one could say that. To some degree, they can. I mean, if you're looking at the future of the Pixel 5, we're already seeing a dramatic shift when it comes to the pixels because the Pixel 5 um, is not really being classified as a flagship device. You know, the uh, Pixel 5 is generally being pushed as possibly a mid-ranger, possibly, um, only because of the fact that it's going to be using the Snapdragon 765G. And so for that very reason, a lot of people are like, well, we're not going to classify it as a flagship because the flagships would be using the Snapdragon 865G. Totally get that. But when you kind of look at how the Pixels were, the Pixels 3a really kind of just showcased what Google can do with a mid-ranger, with a high-end mid-ranger. The Pixel 3a outsold the Pixel 3, which was its flagship brother. And the Pixel 3a is still selling today. As a matter of fact, a lot of people are gearing up for the Pixel 4a's release that some people have already begun to list their Pixel 3a and 3a XLs um, for sale to build up the money that they would use to, you know, um, upgrade to a Pixel 4a. Nothing wrong with that, but I'm just saying... With anticipation of the Pixel 4a, everyone is really hoping that it does well um, as the, you know, the uh, predecessor. Um, people are just like, hey, Google, don't don't falter this. Don't don't make this drop. Don't drop the ball on the Pixel 4a. And I totally get that. Like the 3a did so well that people are hoping and praying that the big G company doesn't screw this up for the 4A. I totally get it. But then you look at the Pixel 5. And the Pixel 5, while you know bringing a lot of things to the table that we're already seeing with leaked information regarding the Pixel 5, one of the biggest things that people that left people with their heads scratching was that it was going to be using the, 
the uh, Snapdragon um, 765G, and everyone's like, well, that's not a, that's not Qualcomm's uh, flagship chipset, you know, um, and that, you know, they, they looked into the specifications of the chipset itself, they're like, okay, you know, it's going to perform about, you know, between, um, you know, 40 to even 60% um, less powerful than the 865, and Again, you know, people really look at the numbers and the numbers are like a telltale sign of things when you really kind of think about it. But at the same time, too, the numbers really don't tell at all. Because one of the biggest things that comes to Android is that you can have the most powerful chip. It, it, can, it can have, you know, you know the, uh, the latest architecture and design and whatnot and still function pretty bad. Because it, one key thing that, that plays into smartphones is how well is the operating system optimized with the hardware. With good hardware and supreme software, if it's optimized to play well together, you got yourself a winner. And so that's really all that matters when it comes to the Pixel 5, at least for me, in my opinion, is that it's just, it just has to be that and that alone. Um, could it get the 865G? Sure it could. Would it probably increase the performance? Sure, it would. But does it mean that the performance is going to be bad if it lacks the 865G? No, it doesn't. And that's the point that I'm trying to make, is that a lot of people outs the Pixel very fast because it doesn't follow the same steps as other OEMs. And it shouldn't. Look at what it did in that brief moment that it tried. It got called out real quick by every techie and nerd that I know out there. It got called out real quick because the Pixel's shouldn't be anything more than what the pixels are and google needs to stick to their guns and push the pixel for what they envision it to be even if people don't see the vision right now but push for it keep working at it you know perfect it and when that time comes when you have pushed out so many iterations of it and people will then start to get the view but anyways, guys, that's pretty much it for today's episode. Let me know what you guys think. You guys can give me some feedback on it. I would love to hear you guys' interesting uh, thought processes and responses. Um, again, thank you for following me on all your favorite um, podcast sources that you guys use. And if you just found my audio podcast, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to listen to it through. I am going to be you know, doing at least, if not daily, every other day, uh, podcasts, but I'm trying to shoot for a goal of doing daily podcasts for season four. And um, yeah, so there'll be quick, brief little stints and then probably one long one at the end of the week uh, to recap everything that we talked about in a longer episode. But anyways, guys, thanks for checking it out. You guys do uh, do well. Be safe out there with all this stuff that's going on. And um, yeah, y'all will hear me in the next one. Allah.